Welcome to Power Yourself, where we discuss the most important topic in the world, you. Why do we, in our current culture, prolong our happiness? Think of the following phrases. I can be happy when I... I will be happy when this event happens or that event happens. Why do we do this? Are you wishing your life away? Today we discuss ways we can set goals, but also enjoy the journey along our way to success. And with me as always, we don't need to wish for this. We have it right now, ladies and gentlemen, Jillian Power. How's it going today? It's going great. How about you, Carl? Very well, thank you. And I'm excited about today's episode because I think it can relate to a lot of people. We all have something in our lives that we're trying to get better at, or there's a goal coming up around the corner, maybe it's six months away, a year away. And I feel like this is really going to resonate with a lot of people today. Why is this episode important to you? The reason why I wanted to do this today, or why I'm excited to do this today, is because I believe a lot of us currently wish for something and get so obsessed with wishing for it and thinking that that will provide us to be happy. So we almost prolong being happy until these goals are achieved. And I feel, wow, that's kind of a waste of time. Like, what are we doing to ourselves? Like, how many people sitting here today can say, oh, yeah, I've totally done this. So an example would be, when I get my, or when I graduate from university, then I can be happy. Or when I find my perfect husband or wife, when I find that person, then I will be happy. So I guess the reason why I wanted to start this conversation is because I believe we're wasting time. We're here, like we did a whole episode on being present. So let's talk about what this is kind of thing. Like why are we so looking forward in our life as opposed to really soaking it up and just enjoying every aspect of the ride. I love that. Let's drill down on that a little bit. And what I'd like to start off with, I think, is the question of, you know, human beings in general are goal-driven. We're purpose-driven. You know, we like to look for the reason to exist. So I think a lot of us, especially at a younger age, we tend to structure our lives in such a way that there are goals and purposes to what we do. You know, just think of somebody who's just recently graduated from university and their goal now is to get a job. Their goal now is to accumulate wealth. Maybe they're going to buy a house someday. Maybe they'll get a spouse and have a kid or two, whatever it is, whatever their goal is. What I hear you saying is it's okay to have those goals. We are hardwired to have them. But in addition, we should also enjoy the process along the way. That's exactly it. Yep. Okay. So let's go through a couple examples. We just want to jump right into some examples, and I'll just get you to kind of talk about those examples so we can use some real-world scenarios. Love it. Okay, so the first one I was thinking of, um, which really resonates with me, is trying to master a skill or if you're learning something new. So we're using a fictitious example of somebody joining a rock band, and maybe they're a guitar player or a drummer, and they're putting off their goal of maybe doing a professional gig someday because they're not good enough to be in that situation. They don't feel comfortable enough performing in public. I believe a lot of the times we're looking for this like perfect end result before we can feel that we've fulfilled that little check mark or like you said, for the band example, to learn these songs or something like that before they would do the gig. 
Okay, so there's setting up reasonable expectations. So obviously, if you're doing a show, you're going to want to have songs to be able to play. But maybe by saying you have to play all of the songs, that is like way above and beyond any kind of set that a, a band would actually do, then is that really, is that really attainable? So I guess while we're setting these goals, a question that we have to kind of have in the back of our head of is this attainable to achieve? And then I would add a different layer on that. So let's rework that uh, the gig episode or the gig um, example here. And we're saying that, you know what? I'll be happy. So let's attach that phrase onto it. So I'll be happy when I play that gig. So then I would say to the person, well, why are you prolonging your happiness? So why do you feel that playing that gig can make you any happier than what you are currently while you're learning the songs to play that gig? So I guess that's the real substance here for me. It's not only are you future focused, but you're attaching your happiness onto it. So it's almost like you're preventing yourself to feel the joys or to actually realize that you are happy. You have the exact same potential right now to be happy than when you reach that goal. So a lot of times people say like, oh, when I get that money, like I'm sure that's definitely going to be one of your examples here. When I get that whole pot of money or maybe it's like a million dollars. When I save a million dollars, I will be happy. But my question is, why wait? We don't know how long we have. Hence why we're preaching the whole be present, live in the moment. So why are we conditioning ourselves to wait until that goal is achieved? It's a good point. I think in some ways we need to restructure our thinking to rather than be strictly goal-oriented, to have a combination of goals and systems and to say that the system, so for example, continuous learning. You know, um, I remember on a previous episode we had a friend of ours, Dan Caesar, was in there and, and he's been a professional musician for 50 years. And I think to myself, well... At some point, he must look in the mirror and say, I've accomplished everything I've ever wanted to accomplish. But that's not true. He ha Actually, that's not happened. He's looked in the mirror and he says, I still want to learn the next new song, the next new skill. And I, th I find that fascinating. And when we apply that to our own lives, the joy comes from the continuous learning, not necessarily the accomplishment piece. The accomplishment piece is nice and we can enjoy it as it happens, but it's not the only factor to our happiness. So let's... Let's consider that while we're making these goals and not associate our happiness as reaching the goals, but just like you said, enjoy the whole process of it. Enjoy the journey of learning all the songs and becoming a better music musician <laughs> as opposed to saying, oh no, it's when I reach this glorious status, that that's when I'll be happy. Let's jump to another example, which I think everyone can relate to. You can talk to any person on the planet, and I'm sure they have a great story about a crappy job that they've been in at some point in their lives. And a lot of us, I think, are guilty at some point in our lives of waiting for that better job, hoping for that better job in order to attain a level of happiness. So let's talk about that example a little bit. I think it's one that everyone can relate to. Absolutely. Um, how many people <laughs> can honestly say they've done that? Like condition themselves, oh, when I get the perfect job, then I'll choose to be happy. So basically is what you're saying is to the people around you is, you know, guys, hold out. 
I might be a disaster to be with right now, but I promise when I get that job, I'll be better company. So why? I guess I go back to, we can find joy in everything we do. Even if it's a job you don't necessarily love, make it into something you love. And I bet you there's some people looking at their their device, however they're listening to us right now, and being like, really, Jill, you can't make your job or make your job description, but I'll challenge that. And you can. You can choose to focus on certain aspects of your job that you really enjoy, that you love, so that you can still feel that level of happiness and that level of fulfillment even in a not-so-great job. So if you're working in an environment with other people, you could use whatever your role is. You could use that environment as a as a palette to paint w- your skill set of maybe getting coached or coaching or getting some peer feedback or growing a skill set. These are all things you could do regardless of where you're working or in what capacity you're working. Absolutely, every single job that everybody has. If you break it down, so don't look at the the definition of your job. Look at the little pieces that you do within that job. And I have no doubt that you can find something in that job description or something in your day-to-day that you really enjoy. So focus on that and do exactly what you said. Focus on an area you can still grow in and maybe spend your time and energy in that thought process versus I need to get out of here to be happy. Because I feel when we get on that train of thought... I need something to be happy, then we're really not tapping into our own potential. First of all, to be happy and of like go back to our earlier episodes, like the gratitude, find something in your job that you're grateful for and allow that to be the focus and your dialogue versus the hate train. (laughs) Well, you're exactly right. You kind of read my mind there. I was thinking about the gratefulness piece as you were talking and I thought, you know, it only takes 30 seconds on the news to watch the unemployment numbers come out and you think, wow, you know, somebody out there has it worse than someone else who has a job. So I think there's, it's almost like a huge continuum, a sliding scale, and there's people at the high end, there's people at the low end, and we kind of move along that scale. There's always going to be people that we feel are quote unquote better off than us, and there's always people we're going to feel are quote unquote worse off than us. But everyone has something in their lives that they can be grateful for. Absolutely. So it's about putting the focus there as opposed to at the end of the rainbow. So there's another example here that I'll bring up, and I think a lot of us can relate to this, and it's waiting to find the perfect partner in your life or spouse, girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever it is, waiting to find the perfect partner in order to be happy. It's a big one, hey? When I, I, I have, I have the life I want, but when I, when I find my future husband or future wife, that's when I'll be fully happy. And I get really scared when I hear that. And I got to admit, I'm sure if you look back on me years ago, I'm sure that would have been in my thought process as well. But I just feel it's dangerous because I would say to my past self, if that was my conversation, why am I waiting to be happy? Why can't I focus on what I have in my life and how fulfilling it is as opposed to giving the dialogue to I'm missing something. I'm missing something, and I need to reach that. It's interesting to think about when we have goals 
and if we see someone else that has what we want, you know, so there could be somebody out there right now listening to this who says, you know what, I'm single and I really want to have a baby and I want to get married. And when they see that across the street, there's the family of four playing in the backyard and you think, oh my goodness, I wish that was me. But you're saying there's a huge benefit to deal in the now and that rather than beating ourselves up that we're not there yet, there's something in our lives, although it's different, it can also be celebrated and it can be, um, it can be used as, a, as an impetus to drive forward with some happiness. Absolutely. And when you're seeing that ideal situation, that that's technically what you're striving for in your life, maybe look at your dialogue of what's actually being said. Why choose to focus on what you're lacking in life? Why not go, wow, that's another person who found their per like t- who found their ideal person or perfect mate, let's say. That wouldn't that give you hope? Can't you allow that to give you hope that that can be your result as opposed to oh, that's another person and I'm not one of them. So I guess like the whole purpose of wanting to do today's session is to watch our dialogue in our head watch that conversation watch the story we're basically telling ourselves because it can be really dangerous so going sticking with the the partner finding our perfect mate then I would say you know like if you're waiting for that perfect person to come in your life you're acknowledging here that there's a gaping hole something's missing Or you can look at how fulfilling your life is and how much you have. So two frames of mind right here. But I promise you, if you are looking future-focused until kind of conditioning your happiness until you find that perfect person, then where does it stop? If you meet them, then is your next future goal going to be, well, you'll be happy when you get married? Or is your next future goal going to be, well, I'll be happy when we've had the wedding? Or I'll be happy when I have kids? Like, are you going to continuously prolong it? And I have this visual in my head, and it's like, you know, you're coming up to a big beach ball, and you're just about to get it, but your foot kicks it. And, oh, okay, okay, I just got to walk a little bit further to get it, and, oh, your foot kicks it again. So you're never technically reaching that goal and enjoying that happiness and being really present in your life. And I, I guess, for me, it was worth having an episode on because I feel it's sad. Why not enjoy the whole process? Why not enjoy every piece of our life? And when we get that next achievement or the next stage or plateau of our life, enjoy it. Stay there for a moment and stop rephrasing and trying to go to the next object. So what I hear you saying is to ask ourselves why we are unhappy in the current situation and why we would be happy in the uh, so-called goal situation. And if we break those down, we might find some truths in there that they might be hard to hear. But if we do some self-coaching and we say, hey, wait a minute, the reason I'm not happy is because maybe I have low self-esteem or maybe I'm uncomfortable at, at learning and I feel humiliated because I don't know how to play the guitar very well, whatever it may be. If we dig down on those reasons, we can then work on those reasons rather than find something external that will cover it up so to speak i love it you've just summed it up perfectly as usual thank you <laughs> i have to pull my weight in this thing right You're i'm definitely happy. pulling your that's weight. great let's and speaking of weight that brings us to our next example which is losing weight so many of us try to lose that last 10 pounds or maybe we're trying to lose the first 100 pounds whatever it may be 
And for many of us, the struggle is when I lose X amount of pounds, then I will be happy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Again, future goal, right? Like conditioning yourself. But it's, it's scary to continuously prolonging your happiness. You have the exact same potential with, let's say, 170-pound version of you to be happy that you do when you will be the 150 pounds. Exact same level of happiness. There's not like this extra level of happiness that you will receive when you reach that goal weight. So I would, I love what you said. Use the self-reflection. Why are you saying you cannot be happy, fully happy right now? What is it? And guys, be real with yourself. It's not the weight. It's not the 25 pounds or it's not the as Carl perfectly said, the external object that you want to achieve, there's something deeper. So then it's about looking at that and maybe trying to build that yourself without waiting for that external object. It's very right. dangerous, I think, when we put our stock in something external because we're not in control of it. Oh, you said it perfectly. I had another tip <laughs> in my tongue to be like, you're giving your control away. You're giving right. your power away. Right. In my mind, I, I'm a I'm a big stories guy. I love a good story and a good analogy. And in my mind, it's like my brain is like a big school bus driving forward. And you have to ask yourself, who's driving the bus? You know, are you giving that power away so that somebody else now is driving your happiness bus forward? Are you sitting at the wheel or are you sitting in the passenger side waiting, going, geez, I hope he makes a left turn. I hope he makes a right turn. So I love the idea that we can just sit in the driver's seat and say, you know what, regardless of what life is going to throw at me, I have the power to structure it in such a way that I can not only get through it, but actually enjoy it. Something you said a while ago really, really struck me. It was a few episodes back where we were talking about the idea of failure, the idea of failing at something. And you had restructured it in your life in such a way that it was no longer a negative. It just wasn't even something that you were ever really upset about and we've we've worked together for many years and i've i've always i've tried and as varying levels of success but i always find it fascinating when we try something new and if it doesn't work you don't seem the least bit upset by it and i find that an, a very admirable quality that you know even with this podcast for example you know we sit down and we have meetings about it and we decide what works and what doesn't and if something doesn't work your attitude is, well, that's great. We learned something new. It's, there's never a judgment attached to it, which I, which I imagine has taken some time to master that skill. Absolutely. And it's 100% what my dialogue is. If I say, oh, my God, that means the podcast is absolutely horrible. Oh, my God, it means I'm a failure. I can't do anything. Then it's like, why? Why am I giving that time and energy in my head on those negative thoughts? And if I am, how can I expect to be happy? It's like you really got to spend time cleaning your mind. You really have to put the time and energy into what is my dialogue that's happening? What's on repeat? We all have that inner voice, whether you hear it or not. But it's are you going to spend the time and energy to clean it up, to clean it up and to make it align with what you want to achieve in life and how you want your life to dominantly be? It's funny there's a lot of us in, in our daily lives that are collectors. I'm just thinking of hobbies, for example. A couple of our examples, you know, being in a band, for example, some of us collect guitars. They might be toys or comic books or model trains, whatever it may be, right? And it's funny, the, a lot of people will feel fulfilled when they have a huge collection of something. And when they collect the very last piece, 
it just disappears. They go, well, I've done it. I've accomplished it. And then they throw it in a garage sale or they sell it online and it's all gone. And they move on to the next thing. And using that mind frame, it can be dangerous, can be a negative, but you can also flip it into a positive. And you can say, you know what, if I'm going to collect things in my life, I can also collect experiences. Everything that happens in my life, whether it's positive or negative, is an experience. If I go on a vacation and the vacation didn't work out so great, maybe it wasn't a great place to stay, that's an experience. So it's still positive in that sense that you're accumulating a wealth of knowledge over the course of your life. And it's just like the powers with you to choose to have that frame of mind, the powers with you to choose to think about that situation in that light, that you're gaining something versus you're missing something or losing something. So it's all about the dialogue that I really kind of want us to focus on here for the episode. Why are we saying, why are we conditioning ourselves to say, we cannot be happy until something is achieved? I want you to challenge yourself. I want you to challenge that voice in your head and say, why? Why am I prolonging my happiness when I can choose? I have that power inside me. I can choose to reframe my thoughts. I can choose to clean up my mind. So why am I prolonging to be happy? Why can't I choose to be just as happy right now and still strive to continue to better my life? There's a very powerful phrase that I've pretty much eliminated from my life over the years. I used to say things like, for example, if I went out for, uh, to do errands for the day. So I'm in my car and I'm running around town getting errands done. If I went to the store and I needed to pick up an item and the item was out of stock, I would come home and I would say, well, that was a complete waste of time. And I've thrown that out of my vocabulary because I feel like everything, even if I go to the store and it's not there, and if I take an extra 30 seconds to walk around and look at some other products, well, it wasn't a waste of time. I make it on purpose, not a waste of time. And so for me, if you, you know, another example is we went on a vacation recently and there were some struggles in the vacation that some of the hotels weren't as nice as they should have been. The language barrier in, in the country we were in was, was a bit more challenging than we were anticipating. And rather than saying, well, this was a negative experience, it was a amazing life lesson that we said, well, we're never, you couldn't buy an experience like this. You couldn't go on purpose and try to purchase that. We stumbled into it and I truly believe how fortunate are we. We survived it. Everybody's healthy and happy. And we never could have on purpose purchased that. So I thought, well, what an amazing collectible to put in my little vault in my mind. And isn't that empowering? It, well, it, it absolutely is. I feel like everything can be a positive if you choose it to be. And I, and I really do believe that. It's not just like you tell yourself that. You know, I think about people who are dieting, for example, and they're coming up with new ways to eat food. And uh, a lot of people are now trying to work on vegetarian diets. They're trying to say, hey, I'd like to cut a little bit of meat out. So maybe one day a week, I'll go meatless. Well, not every meal is going to be a home run. You just, it's not. You, 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 go, you buy some bok choy at the, at the grocery store and you're frying it up and you're going, I don't know what I'm doing here. And you eat it and you go, this is awful. And yeah, I'm throwing away $4 worth of food, but you know, I'm not going to eat it. It's, is it a waste of time? Not really, because you've learned you don't like that food. You learned how to prepare a certain type of food. It may come in handy someday. It might be a skill set or you might be in a conversation three years from now and somebody says, boy, I've never heard of this. Oh, actually, I can contribute to this conversation. Like you never know where it's <laughs> going to pop do up. It. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. You never know where it's going to pop up. So to me. And I know these are kind of wimpy little examples, but that's the majority of our lives are spent in these little moments. You know, we don't go on these dramatic job interviews all the time. We don't have these major life purchases. 99% of our day is spent making dinner, 
going out and getting errands, mowing the lawn. These are, this is our lives. So to me, that's where the success happens is in those moments. And choosing your frame of mind in those moments. So choosing the dialogue in your head once again and choosing to have it be that positive, fulfilling experience no matter what it is. And our last example we're going to cover today is similar to the collecting example, but it's one that everyone can relate to, and it's finances. So I think a lot of us spend at least the first half of our life trying to accumulate wealth, getting a job, getting a raise, saving money, investing money, and we could spend an entire podcast on finances. It's a very important piece of our life. And unfortunately, for a lot of us, we tend to really wait to be happy until we've achieved a certain level of money in the bank or a certain level of money in our finances or a house or a car, whatever it may be. So walk us through your mindset on finances and material possessions. Well, I, I want to make sure I say there's in, it's important to have goals, okay? Like we're not saying don't have any goals. We're just saying to have your goals but choose to be happy along the journey of reaching your goals, Okay, so not just focusing on only enjoying it when you get to the end result, enjoying the whole process of saving your money or getting the raises or, you know, investing in the appropriate places that end up giving you a good outcome. You know, enjoy the whole process of it. So with finances, I feel you're totally right. Everybody can relate. And goals are really important to have. And I think it's very important to work towards those goals. But at the same time, I want to say, make sure you're appreciating the journey of it, like I said. So enjoying the process. And maybe that means breaking it down to smaller goals. So maybe it means investing. Maybe it's like a sixth of what you want to eventually, you know, get to. And kind of appreciating those little little mini achievements along the way to kind of set yourself up to appreciate how far you're coming and to acknowledge your progress in the direction that you want to go. I think there's a, a fear that maybe if we are happy that we'll let off the gas pedal a little bit. Yeah, so I we'll definitely understand that. Yeah. And, and so maybe you can talk about that a bit. I think I look at, for example, you know, somebody who's, uh, you know, doing a hardcore exercise regimen, maybe they're preparing for a marathon, let's say. So they're going to spend the next six weeks doing sit-ups and push-ups and jogging, and they're going to be cutting out sugar, and they're trying to lose the last five pounds, and they've got a real goal in mind. And you're not saying, hey, don't, don't throw out the goal. Like, you're saying, keep the goal. Absolutely keep the goal. And you're not suggesting that they um, just sit around and say, well, I'm happy all the time, regardless of what I'm doing. You're saying enjoy the process of getting ready for the marathon. Enjoy the hard work that's being put into it. Don't put that off because it's not going to result in them uh, taking the gas, like let, letting off the gas pedal. Yeah, is, that, is that your experience? Absolutely. It's just going to give you a better, more positive whole experience versus just the little bit at the end. So use your example of training. I could totally relate to that. It's not about when I run the race. It's about, wow, look at the dedication I'm showing every day when I wake up and do this. Wow, I'm really impressed with myself to structure my eating habits to positively influence my ability in exercise. So maybe that means eating a little bit more healthier so I have more fuel to be able to give. Wow, Jill, great dedication on that. 
showing up to the gym to be able to build my body so it's strong enough to be able to run that race. Getting the appropriate sleep to be able to fuel myself to run the race or do my exercises on a daily basis. So it's breaking it up. It's acknowledging all the little things that you're doing within that mini goal and appreciating that and choosing. So here's the big part. And that's choosing to be happy throughout the journey of it. So it's not just saying, oh, when I run that race, I'm going to feel good. I'm going to be happy. No, the fact that you're working towards that goal you should be tapping into your happiness. You should be appreciating the whole process. You can be happy as you build your tools to reach the goal. You don't need to wait until you achieve it. You can be happy throughout the majority of your life. You just have to give it that weight and you have to make it that conscious effort to choose that frame of thought versus I need, I want, I can't have it yet. So we've gone over, I think, the importance of living in the moment, not wishing for the future. And we'd like to present some tips now on living in the present. So I'll just I'll throw one out there and feel free to expand on it. We have about six tips here that we'll uh, run through. Uh, tip number one, remove unneeded possessions from your life. The less stuff you have, the more it frees you up physically and mentally. Removing things that are associated with the past memories or that you have as reminders for the future, um, it'll help us to stop living in the past and start living in the present. Yeah, I'm a big fan of decluttering. And like I said, like we'll definitely, a lot of these things we can do a whole episode on regardless. You mentioned finances. Definitely want to do one on that. And decluttering would be another thing. But just keeping things simple and not not having an abundance of stuff in your way to keep you distracted, I think is very important. How about being fully grateful for the positive and the negative moments of the day? Positive moments equal a little celebration and negative moments equal learning opportunities. Once again, it's that frame of mind. It's the voice you're allowing the, your, or sorry, the, the voice you're giving attention to, I would say. So even though something is quote-unquote negative, give it that positive space in your head. Allow it to be a learning experience. Allow it to be something that's helping you get towards your goal. Don't dwell on yourself or beat yourself up. I always go back to think of yourself as if you're talking to a friend. Would you talk to a friend that way? I remember one of my friends like totally called me on it and I will always love her for acknowledging my negative self-talk because that was probably something that really catapulted me into the next level of my journey. It was like, oh, what do you mean? I can't, I can't talk to myself like that? <laughs> that just motivates me. <laughs> and it was like, no, that's actually really nasty. So think of, think of yourself as if you're a friend. Would I say that to a friend? You're not good enough. You're not reaching that you know, wow, what a waste of your time. Or would I try to give it a softer approach? That's great advice. I like that a lot. How about practicing forgiveness and removing jealousy? So I think the jealousy piece of it is so powerful. You know, you look across the fence at the family of four playing with the dog and you think, oh, I wish that was me. So if you're harboring resentment towards someone else, consider choosing to remove jealousy or practicing forgiveness. Even if it's 100% 
their fault, we can choose to forgive. Even if they're 100% more successful than you in your own eyes, we can choose to see the negatives in our lives as well. And the thing with that is you never know. You never know anybody else's story. Like we can always assume on the outside. And that's just like saying, oh, the grass is greener over there. But until you're there and living in their shoes, you have no idea. It's amazing, too, I think, when we see super, quote-unquote, successful people and they have real problems, I think a lot of us are surprised by it. Um, I, I used to work for a professional sports team, and they, the athletes, deservedly so, they get paid a ton of money. And when you see the actual paychecks, it's a little unnerving at first. You know, I remember seeing a paycheck for a professional hockey player, and every two weeks this person was making $367,000. And I remember thinking at the time, that's, that's a house every two weeks. This person could pay cash outright for a house. This was after taxes, after withholding. It was $367,000 every two weeks. And the joke was, yeah, but they don't get paid in the summer, right? But, it was, but still, I mean, you're getting a lot of paychecks for $367,000. And it was amazing to me when you hear that these athletes have fights with their spouse or they have money problems or they have problems with their kids. And I think, wow, they are human beings. Now, we tend to discount that when we hear about somebody making a ton of money. Movie stars are the same way. Movie star goes through a divorce. And we say, oh, that's fine. Oh, they're a movie star. Well, but it's not fine. They're human beings too. And they still have the same amount of problems. So I, I love how we might talk about finances in a future episode. Because the big myth is that having more money will remove all of your problems. And it's not really true. It just creates a higher set of new problems and, and we would love to have those problems, uh, but they're, you're not going to eliminate life's problems just because you have more money. See? And so I would flip that and say every goal you reach, it's not like you're going to eliminate a whole area of problems. You're just getting new ones. So that's the worry about prolonging and conditioning your happiness. You're going to get these new bumps in the roads and these new things you have to work on or these new you know, flaws that might pop up. So you have to learn to be happy throughout these blips. It's interesting. The most successful people in my life, when I look at them, you know, my friends and I look at them and I think, wow, you know, they're super successful. It's not that they don't have any problems. They're very resilient to the problems. Ah. They tend to almost embrace challenges rather than shy away from them. That's it. They lean into them and they say, we can take on this. And it's their attitude and their motivation and their energy that I find so admirable. And they've mastered the way of how they want to approach life. Not saying that they're going to master every single scenario or situation, but they've mastered and they've realized, no, this is how I'll approach those, you know, bumps in the roads or achievements or whatever it is. But learning how to combat it with that positive self-talk and looking at how much it can be given in your life, like rewarding wise versus how much it's taking. It's really a lot of power within the frame of mind and the space that you're giving it. Another tip is to love your job. A typical work week is five days out of seven. That's a lot of days, five days out of seven. So strive to do more than just survive until your next weekend or vacation. You might need to find a new job that you actually enjoy, or you might find something that you appreciate about your current career and focus on that. And look at whatever options more attainable for you. Sometimes it is about moving on. And I think that's a lot of kind of self-digging and self-awareness to see if that's the step you need to take. But I would always challenge you and say, have you really tried your best to be happy in the job that you're in? I'm not saying that you can't move, but I just come of the firm belief that 
you need to be happy in the job before you can leave it. You know, you need to be able to be happy in a relationship before you can leave it. It's not saying the other person or the job is making you unhappy. It's just saying, no, I, I want to reach a different level now. But you've got everything you possibly can out of this segment or this section of life. I think it's a powerful mindset to say that you're moving to something else rather than moving from something else. Isn't it though? Yeah. Another tip we have here is to dream about the future. And we don't want to discourage that. So dream about the future, but work hard today. So dream big, set goals and plans for the future. But working hard today is always the first step towards realizing your dreams for tomorrow. Don't allow dreaming about tomorrow to replace living in today. And once again, choose to be happy for what you have and while you're working towards the next thing versus waiting to feel that happiness level or that success or that glow or goodness, choosing to feel that now as opposed to the end result. Another tip is to don't dwell on past accomplishments. So if you're still thinking about what you did yesterday, you probably haven't done much today. Well, I think once again, going back to your frame of mind, what's your self-talk here? What are you giving space to? Are you living in the past or the future or are you choosing to be present? Guys, once again, this is all stuff that's easy to say, really hard to do. So it's about cleaning up your mind, spending the time and energy. If you notice you're dwelling on something, spend the time to do self-reflection. Why am I here? Why am I why am I beating myself up over this so much? Try to get that awareness and then it's time to move on. You know, it's about living. I would say it's got to be like the 80-20 rule. Like 80% of your life needs to be present. It needs to be where you are at in the current moment so you can appreciate the whole journey and the whole process of it versus living where you were five minutes ago or even where you want to be in five years. It's funny, you know, for those of us that might be very introverted or might be very quiet and we don't maybe have a lot of friends, I think sometimes keeping a log of our journey as well can be good. And if you look back on it, you can see the progress that you make over the course of weeks, months, and years. You know, I just think back to when I first started to learn how to drum, for example. I tend to forget how skilled I am until I talk to someone else who's just starting to learn how to play drums. And I think, oh man, that was me 25 years ago. And it's like, oh, I actually have come a long way. I actually do know how to drum certain beats and certain different things. So I just use that as an example of where I tend to forget day to day because for me, the normal skill set is what I have. And that's how I judge my skill set. And yet if I meet somebody else who's completely new at it, I think, oh, I actually have a lot to be grateful for here. I've come a long way. And it's worth the time and energy to kind of rehash that for your life so you can be happy and you can be grateful for how far you've come. And lastly, I'd love to give a huge shout out to Carl Weeb and Stacy Keller for all the absolutely fabulous work that they have done for this show. Due to busy schedules and just having so much volunteer work on the go, they both will actually be stepping away from the show. I am so appreciative and grateful to you both. Thank you so much for helping me make this dream become an actual reality. Carl, you brought so much to the show, all of your amazing questions and that awesome radio voice that you have. Stacy, you did everything to do with social media and you kept us on schedule. Thank you both so much. 
And Carl, I look forward to having you back on the show for some upcoming interviews. Moving forward, I'm still going to continue on with the podcast. This show has been a continuous source of positivity for me. I absolutely love the opportunity to give back some of the amazing tips that I've learned over the years to help me live my happiest life while still continuing to offer me knowledge and self-growth. A big thank you to all the listeners for your time and amazing support. I'm looking forward to continuing our journey together.